Welcome to the Foy Jones Show. On this podcast, I'm going to be joined by some of the most inspirational and charismatic figures from the worlds of KBB and Builders Merchanting, alongside some very special guests. 2020 has not been the year anyone expected, but we're now entering our new normal, and whoever you are, whatever you're doing, it's going to be a new game. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I've been in such a good mood this week. Today the sun is shining, we're in the middle of a heat wave, it's the hottest day of the year, and we are back on location with the Foyne Jones Show. This, unbelievably, is episode 7 of series 4, It's a New Game, and today I'm with Kensington Scott at their showroom in Tombridge, Jamie Coots, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? I'm, I, I'm, I'm top of the world, mate. I mean, I, I, I promised Callum, and I, and I promised you that I'd try and leave it a little bit longer before I mention football, but the last time, and I said to your dad, the last time I sat in this showroom, Fulham were a championship team. We were a championship team on Tuesday morning, but uh, everyone will know we're back in the Premier League. So I, I hadn't heard, you hadn't reminded me. I, I have reminded everyone. For the benefits of people that can't see me, I've brought my up the Fulham face mask. you get that, Callum? you get that on there? you got that? We've got our up the Fulham face mask. We've got our Foyne Jones face mask. We are recording socially distanced. Claire has produced a work of art for us in terms of the, uh, in terms of the catering and the props. And we are where the cooking with Kensington and Scott happens. So we're going to come on to that later in the show. But Jamie, mate, how are you? Genuinely, how's it been the last few months? Yeah, it's, it's put forward some, some challenges, as I'm sure every business in and outside the KBB sector has, has found. But to be honest, I, I, I quite like pressure the challenges um obviously it creates its own stresses but it's all about adapting um how to be different from everybody else how to give content the same service better yourself um and it's just constantly evolving mm. and it is it is how we evolve you know because if we go back to conversations we were having you know up up until around the kbb show we, we were we were in a different world it's like a different time and place and um i've been quite public with the journey I was on through through you know the through through not understanding what furlough means to then knowing my staff will be saved to to having the heart and soul ripped out of my business to realising we will survive and uh, you know we even went we even did a Gloria Gaynor version of that um, with KBB All Star Choir to kind of bring some humour to a to a tough time but Kensington Scott as a business you know where you are in Kent it must have it must have been quite I won't use the word terrifying, but it, it must have put you in a position where you think, wow, you know, where do we go, where do we go? So how, how did you cope with that kind of mentally? Well, coming up to the sort of lockdown, obviously, mm. naively, we probably thought, oh, people are going in lockdown around the, the world, Europe. Um, it's not going to be as bad in the UK as you always naively do. Um, so beforehand, we were almost trying to be optimistic. Saying, oh, Germany's locking down. We've got British yeah. suppliers. I mean, we, we use Miaway um, and, we, and we use Amiga suppliers. Um, we're going to be okay. Can we push that? Is that an opportunity? Then it started to hit home. This is happening. COVID is real. Um, so at that point, I sat down with um, with Mark, also known as my dad, um, and we thought, how would you attack it? So the first thing we did do um, was we thought, if this is going to happen, mm. where is people's time going to be spent? And maybe that's my generation, but I thought it's going to be in front of an iPad or a phone. Mm. So we, up, we upped our marketing um, to get in front of people. 
Um, that was our first sort of. But you, but you were passionate about marketing and and digital and kind of you know, you were passionate about that before. I remember they were sitting here and you you were talking about that. I think it's the 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 reality of how the world suddenly woke up to technology. I think we, you know, yes, the, the Generation Z, X, what generation are you, Carol? I always get this wrong. Generation Z. Generation Z, so the, what, what's, what's below you? I don't think there is one. No, I <laughs> but, but you, yes, the younger generations are, you know, that, that, is, that is normal, it is the way there. But we used to, for our video technology, which, which we pioneer for our recruitment for, for years, we used to begin, begin lots of conversations with, have you ever had a Skype call? Have you ever been on WhatsApp video? Have you, do you know what Zoom is? Do you, you know, you've, been on Facebook, you've been on FaceTime. And more often than not, people would say no, and it would be a, it'd be a fear factor to it. Um, those barriers are not there no more because you know, people at all ages and from all over the world are, are waking up to the power of modern technology, waking up to the power of digital. And, that even impacts the, the showroom, the retailer. Um, I guess for people that don't know Kensington Sky, it'd be nice to give, give a bit, bit more of a background to the business and the history um, and where you are and kind of, you, you mentioned it's mere way, but let's bring that to life a little bit. How would you, how would you describe Kensington Scott to, to our listeners? So Kensington Scott, I mean, um, I'd love to say that I grew up wanting to be in the kitchen industry, but it's not how it happened. My, my dad was a kitchen fitter, uh, he ran kitchen fitting teams, he was uh, electrically qualified, he ran plumbing teams. So he's always had that sort of one-stop shop, even when he was self-employed. And he set up a showroom in uh, 2010. Um, to be fair, and this is just an example of challenges along the way, as he set up, he actually set up with a supplier that was he got an inkling was going to go bust about two months before he was about to open. Lo and behold, he then looked at me away and mm. that happened from there. But... We've grown as a company. I've been in bo- on board for four months. We've always had a relationship that he's very technical. Um, it's attention to detail. Mm. It's, it's, it's taking the stress away from a customer. We're more than just a kitchen showroom. Yeah. Sort of hence the interiors. Um, I've tried to implement what I can, which is not disrupting the industry, but almost trying to put something out there for, for, for the content, for how can we make this a very, what I felt was in, an industrial feel. You go into a showroom and not all the appliances are working, so how can you go into a kitchen and purchase a kitchen without an oven mm. working, make it interactive? Um, so that's sort of how we've grow- grown a- a- as a company. It's been somewhere where we can try and sit down, listen to the wants and needs of a customer, as opposed to this is putting the pretty boxes against the walls. It's listening to what they want. Um, do you have t- two kids? Do you do your shopping mm. weekly, monthly? Do you need that chest fridge freezer where you've got bags of chips open, open mm. there for, for months and months or do you can you condense down it's it's listening to the wants and needs of the client um going forward and what, what you touched upon with us looking digitally but beforehand um i guess maybe my, being a west ham fan you always try and be optimistic optimistic about things um but you know you know you're talking there jane i'll go back to you you're talking about the hearts and minds of the customer mm-hmm. you know understanding what you know the kitchen is the heart of the home but understanding what actually goes on there right? yeah so we we learnt in lockdown that you know um, <laughs> I'll, I'll describe lockdown in the Jones house. We 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 um, we <laughs> we ate more together. We drank more together. We argued more together. We had more fun together than we've ever done as a family. And bearing in mind, I've got two grown up boys who are now twenty one and eighteen. Um, that was a busy house at times. I used to yeah. escape to my office every day, and for the benefit of listeners, 
I could walk to my office from my house with my dog and see less people than I would in a Tesco car park. So it was very safe and very distant. But, but we learnt that, you know, there was something magical about eating together more, more regularly. And then we realised that maybe our kitchen wasn't as functional as it, as it could be, because it was a new build. So we didn't really pick it, it was just there. Yeah. Um, so let's go back to that, that conversation you're having with Mr. and Mrs. Church, we'll say Church rather than James now, yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Church. Has that conversation now moved online or is it still a conversation face to face like this? Has there been different pressure points now when you can, you know, normally you, you'd have the conversation, they come in, you'd show them the display and, you're, you know, and you're, you're talking and selling and building relationships and becoming friends. How have you changed that now? I think it's been happening under our noses anyway in the sense the internet's there, people can do X amount of research before they come to a showroom um, and it would be naive to think that people don't. I think what lockdown's done is put pressure on or put challenges in the way of showrooms saying, right, now you need a way to yeah. deliver, you need to give content to, to, to a customer. A customer wants to see a design. There's put elements of lockdown where I was still holding meetings, again, as you mentioned, across Skype, across Zoom. And you can talk to them about products, but they can't see your product. If they've never been in your showroom before, there's a chance that that customer's journey of the kitchen, they haven't been in a kitchen showroom yet. Mm -hmm. um, and it's hard, particularly the way that I talk, I'm, because I'm fairly new to industry, so I'm nearly my fifth year, I'm quite honest, I'm quite open about how I, how I sell and how I talk about the products. I like opening drawers. Yeah. I like showing people the dovetail joints in my drawers. Um, when you can't do that, it does, I, the first one I done, I found it quite challenging. Normally I've, I've got too much to say and people try and share well, it. I'm really interested in that because you know, it's, it's understanding if you're on the other side of it as well. Because if I'm in here, I'm going to open the drawer, I'm going to do this, I'm going to look there, I'm going to, I want to see what's in the cupboards. That's, that's what I'm going to do. And it's great if you turn the tap on and water comes out. And, you know, and because I, that, was a, that was a really good point you made earlier that you, know, you want to see things working. Mm. You, want to, you want to be able to get, get a real feel for, for how it will be for you. But having to do that kind of like through a, through a virtual conversation, that was a real educational piece and a challenge for many, many people in KBB because you've got, you know, you've got family-run showrooms that have done it on their local high street for years and they're the go-to place. But if no one can go to you, how are you going to survive? And, and I think that you know, everyone, everyone I speak to now has realised that you know, video conversations, video calls, whether it's Zoom, Skype, Teams, whatever, that is a way to kind of be the soft landing, I think, from, you know, coming in. It's like the prequel sometimes, yeah? and, and it's interesting how the, how the customer was. So, so let, let's, 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 let's go back to then some of them first two or three, Jamie. What was it, was the customer asking you different things? Were they nervous? Were they, were they uncomfortable? Yeah, so I mean, the, the challenges and well, I'm not saying objections, but the challenges, the questions that the customer were asking Trail is when the, almost questions they almost send me the answer to. Oh, when will I get my kitchen if I order it today? Obviously, at this point, you don't know at this point because mm. at this point, factories are closed. Um, they're asking, can I see a door? Can I see a sample? Things that normally so, would. So, so they're asking more questions then? They're certainly asking questions that 
previously you could just simply show yeah. them yeah, yeah, um, yeah. in our show. So and you can all, answer by doing, you, you can, can answer do, by taking them on the journey. Yeah, exactly. That. All of our appliances in our showroom are, are live. I know that's something the BSH, that they, they strongly push, which is um, something we love. If someone wants to know about an induction, we can show how quick it boils, we can show the extraction. Um, it's suddenly when you get put on the spot and you think these are things you reel off every day, you're then trying to explain it to someone saying, oh no, it, it will boil this quick. Why does it do that? And because you've lost the ability to actually physically show somebody um, the slide and hide oven, mm. um, it's normally that speaks for itself. Suddenly mm. you've, got, you've, you've lost that ability to show that. So certainly asking more questions, I think you haven't got as many answers in terms of showing them physically because obviously mm. the proof is in the pudding a lot of the time. Um, and also just literally the ability, you want to see what, what you're buying. It's, it's, a quite, it's, it's an emotional purchase. I think it's very similar to buying a house and buying a car normally if you if you bought a car outright it's either um, your savings your inheritance your remortgage or midlife crisis or midlife yeah. crisis yeah. lovely that's <laughs> right that's the last one i bought was a pure midlife crisis and, and all of those things are, are, are a lot of, of money whether that's 10 15,000 pound or it's 60 70,000 pound to that person it's a lot of money and, and, that, and that's they the, want to see the, it just the emotional meaning of the purchase exactly we we had on on the the Two episodes ago, I had Darren Morgan from Northern Ireland on, and uh, Kitchens by Morgan. And Darren was a great guest, wasn't he, Callum? He, he was a really good guest. And he, he spoke about kind of his journey, which began with um, pick, a, pick, a, pick a door, pick a worktop, pick a handle, and sell a kitchen, to going out on his own and, um, you know, without a showroom, but being passionate about design and design being the starting point. And, and creating like an award-winning something really special, and he's, he's an amazing character. But but he said that the you know the, the kitchen is the most emotional purchase that someone will make, and it will stay with them. And you know for him, that relationship between consultation, design, you know the right solution, you know then the right install, the, the whole thing, the whole project is at, everything's got to be moving in the right direction for the customer experience to be happy and to be, be right. And, and again, it, and I think from, a, from doing design at a distance, it's, it's, it has to have changed some, everything because without a doubt, you are going to want to touch, feel, and, and get an understanding of what it's like at some stage. And I think now um, the businesses I'm talking to, Jamie, that you know, coming out the other side into the new normal, the the virtual appointments, the virtual conversations, are the are the, are the warming up to you know to get them into the showroom safely and and, and almost make it make the magic happen there because it, it's I, I, do you think it'd be possible? Isn't it? Really? Do you think it'd be possible to have a consultation, get the plans, design, close the sale without physically ever meeting someone face to face? It's certainly possible. It depends. Could you design and sell at a distance, or is it the design you can do at a distance? It's one of those where I think d different sectors will, will be stronger than others. Yeah. So if it's a commodity product um, and you show them, you design them, and it's conveyor belt's probably the wrong the wrong term, but you design, you sell, you, yeah. you churn them out, you can do that. I so think perhaps a, perhaps a trade customer, a yeah. trade customer, trade customer. Per perfect. Yeah. So um, won't drop any name, but if you're a trade customer. Um, and you've got you roughly know what you want, and you, you're having it designed. You can obtain that design. That that technology is always here. That's not even new technology. That already yeah. happens. 
of course you can email that across you of course you can email and have the conversation yeah. and of course you can make that purchase i think um you said about one of the previous guests where it's an emotional buy as well i think the kitchen has become more in the kitchen it's living space now 90 percent of of, of uh, projects we do we're knocking a wall out there's an island that there's a snug in there um people are spending quality time and, and time is almost like the, the modern day luxury um it isn't just somewhere where mrs smith or mr smith um is, is cooking dinner it's not cut off as much anymore and and that means that what you're doing is producing something which is creating time for a family Mm-hmm. Um, so with that said I do think that you do lose something when you're not building that rapport with them however what I would say is I think a customer needs to see more at the front end before they narrow down so now they are doing the research before if mm-hmm. they would go to five showrooms what are they going to pick who's working harder for me at the front mm-hmm. end because I don't what I would say is immediately out of lockdown I think that people weren't going to five shows it was hard to do yeah. you had to make a commitment you either had to speak on the phone but you had to during, during lockdown you know, I, I actually found myself you know, put, putting my smart clothes on to go, go to the supermarket it was like you know, it's just like a day out you know? so, so, so imagine if they let me in the showroom I'd have been over the moon it's, but, but you are right time is you have a luxury of time but you've always got, you've almost got a sensitivity and I think um you know, right right now, I think the challenge that you have at Kensington Scott and the industry has in general is we need to be we need to be mindful of the of, of the the social distancing. You need to be respectful that customers' pressure points are changing and you know what they're needing. But you've also got to be like responsive and, and best in class across all of your levels. And and I think you're right. If you if you are making that work front end. And you are—that's your hearts and mind. It's a relationship. It's the, your personalities are gelling. You're understanding what they're looking for as a family, and they're going to make a significant, significant investment. I mean, yeah, only ballpark. But what's your kind of average kitchen salary? What average value? So I guess we're slightly different in the sense that we do a lot of the trades. We employ yeah. our own guys. I know, you said, yeah. But I mean, our average project probably 30, 35 k. So, um, so, so that—that's—that's that's significant investment. Yeah, and I, and I think that people are going to to take their time. I think they're going to make sure that you're absolutely right as the the, the business and the people they want to work with. Um, I do believe that there's you know if I was in the market, the fact that you do you can knock that wall down and you can do that and you can do my plumbing that that's very attractive to me because mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to have to you know do all that. I'd probably go to Callum's dad because Callum's dad's got a QS firm, so I'd probably project management. So I'd probably go there and say help. Because yeah. it's um, that that's that's the thing. So to be able to offer that to the customer, that's got to be quite. It gives you a different edge to others, doesn't it? Well, I guess for all of what we've always done, and again, this is where give credit. Although my dad isn't massive on the digital side, um, let's give your dad some credit. Well, what what he does what he does bring is he he has that eye for putting the gelling everything together. So why why have you put your plumbing in there. What is the next trade going to do? What job has that created? And that and that's that. That CC again. That Darren mentioned that. And you know, having having an understanding of how it needs to work for the fitter, having that understanding and building that into the design, it, it makes the the entire project run more smoother. I'd imagine it, it, it does. And also, what it is is if if you are purchasing a, a project, we we'll call it a project, not just a kitchen fit. It's that stress. If the 
plasterer doesn't turn up, what's happening, who's who's going in, our guys are, are setting teams so they know if there's a mistake yeah. that they're phoning up and we try and take that stress away and I guess the ultimate goal is that anything kitchen and then, and then beyond, if you, if you come to us, we, we can do it and handle it so once we've agreed on our spec and our, and our numbers, if that spec doesn't change, you don't. You only need to hear from us saying this is what's happened, and, and we we get the job done. And I think a lot of in, of companies are trying to go that way. Um, but again, going back going back to that front end, it, the, the customers, I feel, will go to less showrooms, but they will want they will do more research yeah. beforehand, and they will want to be sure that when they go to their two or three showrooms, which I think previously may have been five or six, they want to make sure that. This this company is going to be one of the possible companies they will end up signing on Don Nine with. No, and and you know the, the one one thing that's always impressed me here, and you know I've only got to know you this year, and it's almost like in two lifetimes. It was yeah, in the, it's it was two different conversations. The world before COVID, and then the world and the world now. But but the the personality and the, the the way you can the way you convey what you're doing, that that openness and that transparency, I believe people will buy into that and, mm. and that's gonna gonna lend itself to, to so much. So I've got a question for you on that and it's kind of just rounding up the new normal uh, section. Um, how would you would you say or how would you describe the business sort of post COVID? Are, are you a different business? Are you a better business? Are you a, are you working differently? I just wanna wanna kind of understand the impact of of it because we're now in the new normal. So what what's different for you on a trading basis, daily basis, work, rest and play? In terms of, I'll start with lockdown. I think what lockdown gave is I, I am always, I, I love, sadly, I love work. I'm here six, sometimes seven days a week and when I'm at home, probably similar to yourself, if you get an email at 10 o'clock, you're still looking at it and you're still replying. So I used it to learn learn new skills if and this can this can be done for anyone if you're going to digital if you don't know about your socials if you don't have a, a, an instagram or facebook account for your company set one up if you do know if you have a basic understanding you don't know about the algorithms read a book youtube it's all there if you don't know the, the cost your acquisition cost of a customer and you don't know who's online at sunday at six o'clock who's going to see whoever find it out it's so easy and this is why i love digital marketing because you can get that information. A billboard or a magazine, you don't have that. Um, so what I would say is it gave me an opportunity to reflect on the business, um, to understand the challenges that are up front, but also what can we use that time to do? Where are we weak? Do I know how much it costs to acquire a customer? Do I know my conversion rate? Um, does that work with our balance sheets? Does it work with our profit and loss? Um, coming out the back of lockdown, it's been fairly positive in a sense that I would say that, and whether that's because, as you touched upon, people have had three months of realising their oven isn't up to scratch, they need a new kitchen, it's been in 20 years, whether they're on, oh, Miss, again, Mrs Smith may have been moaning for 10 years, but it only takes the, the, the bloke to try one dish and then moan and then it's justified, or vice versa. A massive thanks to our friends at Cooker UK, our headline sponsor of the series. Foyne Jones, in partnership with Cooker UK, are offering specialist redundancy support to those that have been affected by the recent crisis. We will be offering free of charge CV and social media makeovers, webinars focusing on content for social media and personal branding, a weekly video showcase of talented job seekers, some employer-led workshops to discuss live vacancies in your area, as well as, of course, our ongoing telephone, email and social media support. 
To sign up to our redundancy support package, get in touch at letstalk at foynjones.com. Stay safe, keep healthy and be positive. I know Callum's going to agree with me that that was an amazing first half of the podcast. Um, I think the, the Kensington Scott experience has come to life. and Not just, too much football either. No, not yet. That, that's going to come. And uh, did I tell you Fulham are back in the Premier League? I think you might let's, have. Let's, let's just, Jamie, just to bring it bring it back to football. Was there, did they play last week, Fulham? Yeah, we did. What do you think of Joe Bryan's goal? I think the keeper needs their... Uh, Brentford keeper needs a bit of investigating. Do you know what? I mean, I, I, I didn't... I mean, I, I was... Um, after Scott Parker described it afterwards and he said, you know, he, the keeper... What a speech from the keep, Scott Parker. Oh, I mean, I was, I was in tears. I mean, that's job for life, isn't it, after that? But, you know, the psychological impact. You know, it was, but the, you go back to that free kick. They, that keeper is known for coming out. He's known for that. So they've, they've kind of like... They've put Mitro on. I mean, some of the things they do, Mitro has not ran for 13 days. So he cannot really play. They were getting him ready halfway through the second half, taking his shirt off, then putting him back down just to get probably inside Pontus Janssen's head and the Brentford head. But then he comes on, he, he pushes a fellow over behind the ref on a Brentford free kick. He goes up the other end, clouts one, it's another one. Chaos is breaking out in the free kick. Parker calls young Brian over and like, you know, pretends they're going to cross it. I mean... If that was all planned, it's absolute genius. I don't care because it went in the back of the net and Callum knows this. That moment when the keeper just kept diving. Oh. It was fantastic. It, it was, was like fantastic. something on a game where it's just... We did get another one. We should have got three. We won two, one. Fulham in the Premier League. Let's talk digital revolutions. Yes. So, everyone woke up to technology. We touched on it in the first half of the podcast. Everyone has woken up to technology. My USP of video is not such a USP <laughs> anymore, but... Having a video platform and being able to use it and ask the right questions is different. That's what we were talking about before we started recording. So, so early on, earlier on this morning, you were saying that, you know, yes, you can have an Insta account. Yes, you can have Facebook. Yes, you can be on LinkedIn. But people don't want to just see pictures of your kitchens. Mm. They don't want to see pictures of your cat or your dog. I mean, they get a lot of likes, but it's not about... Likes are actually, enough. can I tell you this, likes don't make you any money. That just makes you feel good. Yeah. Now, you want engagement. You want people getting in touch with you. Um, I know how passionate you are about it because you use you, you use long words like algorithms, right? <laughs> now you know when people use words like that, <laughs> he uses them with me. He ch- you've got to change that; it won't get picked up in the algorithm. I'm looking at it now. What? <laughs> but I, I get it. I get that. Where any showroom, you're only as good as the show. You're only as good as your displays. You're only as good as your product, mm-hmm. right? Um, as well as you waking up to the digital revolution and the online presence and the importance of it, have you seen any direction or inspiration from your partners, your suppliers? Are any of them making things happen? Yeah, and again, this is <coughs> this um, is credit, I guess, to relationships we've built. Um, I guess a, a strong one has been BSH, um, Tristan and, and Jason, our, our rep, have been massive i mean because obviously they come into the show more we talk to them they get some of my ideas and and they get behind them and to be honest a lot of it almost done on the back i knew that they were going to support us so things like um the virtual tours which we we touched upon but being able for a a client to go through through the show see some of the advantages of appliances um before you get to the show is just what i was touching upon about 
maybe people aren't going to go to seven or eight shows, particularly mm-hmm. where if you've got to wear a mask, which nobody really likes. And then you've got Should to I put my Fulham one on? You can do the up the Fulham one. I yeah, think that'll yeah. be good viewing. Yeah, I know. I, this is definitely fun. a podcast. We're not going to get it in our. No, no, no. <laughs> no, that's it. Do, do, I, I hope people are a little bit bored of it now, but. But do you know that, I mean, obviously people know that I'm, I'm, I'm involved in a virtual tour business, yeah. virtual tour, virtual 360 tours, Gloucester, myself and Scott Curry have been working together the last couple of months and it's, the response we've had has been phenomenal. Um, we don't have to kind of do the features, claims and benefits sell, we, we just introduce the concept mm-hmm. and showroom owners, business owners, you know, multi-site owners will either say yes or no. Because it's, it's either going to fit and they see the benefit or maybe not right now. For us, the ability to utilise kind of my understanding of the KBB market, Scott is an ex-kitchen designer, he's an ex-showroom manager, he understands where, how to bring your product in your space to life. If someone said to you, Jamie, and you know, others like you, that at two o'clock in the morning, you know, someone would be on your website, you would probably know that that does actually happen because you'll yeah. probably have the analysis, right? So if at two o'clock in the morning, that, that person on your website can have a little walk around your showroom virtually, you can hover in on this on this NEF appliance and, you know, a video could play or it can bring it to life, why wouldn't you want that in your, why wouldn't you want that in your world of Kensington Scott? Of course you would. Yes, um, and again, I'm probably was, a harder sell than most is because I guess I'm semi aware. So I think that when it was first brought up, I, I said, and Google to try to introduce this probably like 18 months ago, two years yeah. ago, they wanted the almost Google Maps inside. Yeah. And I categorically said no, because all it is is giving them an opportunity to pop in, not in the most inspiring way, without coming in. I'm thinking, well, I want to get in front of people, I want to talk to people. And the virtual world side has got the virtual 360 is really take it to the next level and this is what I guess we'll probably touch upon by it's not enough just to pay for a product and not get in front of people by having the 360 and by having being able to go on a slide and hide oven and a consumer seeing that because I think something that I found in this industry we're quite tunnel vision that we assume sometimes that Joe Public knows about our world and and they they don't and this is where digital can really transcend to to sort of Joe Public and people may not know about Neff's probably a poor example because they are such a big brand because they were on the Bake Off and everything else, but do they know about I don't know, a, a Blanco sink, a certain type of granite? Do they know about a, a certain draw box that you can, a, a larder you do? These yeah. buzzwords we throw but that, around. That's, that's the great point for me though. A larder you do, a feature you have, a product you stock, a display you're proud of. That to me is where, where the magic can happen because even with the tour, all right, and the tour is fully the, the, the beauty. I mean, I love the doll's house bit. I love yep. it when it spins out and you can see all through. And and, and I think it's because it just it just looks quite sexy. Um, I, I get a bit lost on when I'm trying to walk around on myself. But then I then I got to talk talk the trick of just going to the points, and then, yeah, yeah. then it works really easy. It's like footsteps. I didn't know that, Callum. That that's you know that, I had to know. shake his head in the back. But yeah, no, so 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 was Scott when we got it. But yeah. Once you, and I got over that quite so once you sit down and you realise that, you know, that you can turn them around really quickly, they're editable, you, it includes the hosting, it's affordable, it's not about why, 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 it's why wouldn't you want it, what, then, then, you're, then you're starting to say, and this is, I think, it's really important, and, and I know it's something that 
one of your partners, Tristan, and his team are, mm-hmm. are absolutely passionate about is if you have a great display and you have a great digital presence, how are we going to bring that to life more? How are we going to create more engagement? And that, I think, is the revolution, you know, the digital revolution. And that's where we're going to now because we're not going to stop. You know, no. you know we, whether we go and we are going to go back into a second spike in some form of lockdown and restriction, you're seeing it in areas. Yeah. You know, I broke it to Callum, he's, he's off to France next week, and I'm saying, <laughs> well, I'm not going to see you for 14 days. What do you mean? I said, well, you, you're going to be quarantined again. But he works from home remotely, so it'd probably be not busy. Be, 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 be busy to use your few, would it? You need 14 days to edit this. We're, we're no, he would. But as we're going to evolve that way, and more purchases, more experiences are going to be digital, they're going to be online. You've got to be thinking that way, and you've got to be there. It, it's, it's, again, you know, there's enough heartbreak in, in my sectors, but every time the news is on, it's a, it's a chain of restaurants, a very well-known brand, a, another high street retailer, another bricks and mortar retailer is under pressure and, and you know, isn't going to be able to keep, keep trading the same way. You have to be reactive and you have to be, you have to be working with it. And it is brilliant for me to hear that your suppliers and your partners are kind of encouraging but challenging you as well. Because that, that's actually where it's going to work, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that it's maybe that lockdown and, and, and the COVID thing is that the penny sort of dropped. I think for, for some of them, that they wanted to support. And, and I don't think, I think if you actually ask them, can you support us? And you told them how, and you broke this down two years ago or three years ago, they probably would have said yes if you broke it down. But I think not everybody knew and, and lockdown's given that opportunity but the best analogy i can give by it, if you've got good content and a lot of kitchen independents do or they have a beautiful showroom because they've got that sort of they're big enough to change but to cause a change but small enough to care so yeah. thing. Well, they, they've got a nice showroom they don't get the content out there it's like having all the football talent of cristiano ronaldo but only letting them play in the back garden no yeah. one knows about it so if you've got someone backing you going right we'll give you few hundred quid. Or have you not letting Joe Bryan take that free kick? Or, or, or that. Sorry. Shameless Fulham plug again. And who, who knew, who knew Neeskins Beckham was such a player? Maradona. Sorry. Sorry. God, get, so, yeah. I, I can't help myself. No, I'm I, on cloud nine. I, I'll, let, I'll let you have a couple of yeah. weeks. I remember we've, uh, we've do been... You know, do you know the funny thing though? Is like since we've gone up and like, you know, obviously a few people having a pop... If I, if I listen to everyone on LinkedIn who told me they're going to take six points off Fulham, we're going to be minus 20 next season. We won't get a point. Well, you could do a Wigan and uh, somehow survive. With All them. I would say to, to, to actually sober up and actually bring the football back into reality is that we got promoted in an amazing playoff final in 2018. There were 40,000 Fulham fans in one stadium. I didn't think there were 40,000 Fulham fans in the world. There was. We beat Villa. Um, we then invested £158 million, made our team worse and went straight back down. Scott Parker's got us back up. Let's just not make that I tell you what, we yet. use that analogy and we pull it back then. So that's, that's what I mean about throwing money and not thinking about yeah. it. So I know that was quite an extra... I pulled, I pulled, that wasn't planned well, there by the go, way. There you go. So we've, we've, if you, we've got football's failure into, into your market, in the digital it, revolution. If you just throw money and aimless to go, right, okay, we'll do this, and you don't think about it and it's not personal and it doesn't apply to your industry... It's not going to work. Setting up an Instagram page and, as you say, posting pictures of your cameras, and that doesn't work because I think cats are one of the things that do get the most views, but thinking about what your, your clients want, knowing what, what they want to, to engage with, having put a bit of thought through it, and I guess we'll get on to the cooking McKenzie and Scott and how that came about, but it's not just throwing anything out there. You've got to think about it, put a bit of heart into it. And what I would say is, if that's not your expertise, find someone that does. That's why 
well, our past relationship, obviously with the recruitment side, I find that one of the hardest things to, to, to do. I, I can, I read and I'm quite a quick learner. Recruitment, I find so challenging, getting someone's skills, and that's why you go through somebody who's an expert in it. And if that's not, you know, I mean, we, we have, a, I'm fairly savvy with marketing, but we have a marketing team that deal with our SEO or social yeah. media. They feed back to me, and, and if that isn't your expertise, listen to someone that, that does it and get them to explain it to you. Yeah. And, and that's, that's again, uh, Marcel, you know, the, the, as well as telling us about playing the Ajax way in the last play podcast, which was, he's just phenomenal. I mean, I call him Crazy Marcel, which is a little bit unfair. But, 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 but you know, he was a brilliant guest, and, and he was saying, you know, the, he was talking about one of the, the, the top entrepreneurs in, in the Netherlands, and he's saying that, you know, the, the entrepreneur was saying, I'm only good at a couple of things. He said, so I surround myself with employees or businesses that are working with me that are best in class at other things that I'm not very good at. And I think that that's, that's what I've, I've realised that years ago, that you know, you, you, you're not gonna be world champion at everything, but you can push it in the right place. And, and if you have an objective and you're giving it to someone and you want it to work and it doesn't work, you can have a conversation. And that, yeah. that, that makes a huge difference. I, I think, uh, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think, and it, I think some people, if they've been in the industry for 40, 50 years, m- maybe it's a bit of, a, of an ego thing. It's like, man, this is the way it does. Because I've only been in it, I, I've, I don't even deem myself an expert, but I have to, I have to, to learn of, of people. You can bring yourself in, you can bring people in who do know what they're talking about. Um, and I think as long as you're working hard so what, what I would say my, my assets are is I'll listen to people I'll try and listen to what the yeah. customers want and I'll try and outwork everybody but when it comes to things I'm not good at bring bring people yeah. in and, bring, and that's, bring, bring, bring the support in, bring the expertise you can't, be, you can't be good at everything but and, and invest is such a good yeah. word because when you're paying for marketing it's not a cost if you do it right it's an investment it's only a cost if it's not yeah. working and I'll make sure that pretty much everything we do in our investment, you get your return. And that's why I was referring back to your acquisition costs. If I know that I'm getting X amount of customers more, um, it's, it's not a cost, it's an investment. So we've had a, we've had a wake up call almost overnight, you know, the, with, with coronavirus, you know, the, the, the world woke up to, to online and digital trading and, mm-hmm. and e-commerce. And, where do you think we'll be a couple of years from now, Jamie? We're, we're sitting here, you know, we'll be sitting here, we'll be in virtual, we'll be silhouettes of us, I don't know, you know but, but where, where, do you think, where do you think the KBB market will be in a couple of years' time? Oh, you were talking about, you didn't want me to say Fulham are in the Champions League at this point. I mean, we could, mate, Fulham could be in Division 4, Division 3, who knows? I mean, if someone had told me, well, how long you came, 19? 20. 20, okay. So if someone had told me when I was 19 or 20, because Fulham were playing in the old third division then, right, so... The old fourth division then. Yeah. You're right. So in 1996, 97 was the best season ever. We got become second in the old third division. We had a rubbish team, but we got up. It was an amazing season. Nicky Adams, our manager. Someone has said to me in that summer that the guy who owns Harris was going to buy the club and he's going to bring a bloke called Kevin Keegan in. And, you know, we'd have John Sagana and within a few years we'd be in the Premier League. I would have thought they were absolutely mad. We did it. We stayed up for 13 years. We're, we're where we are now. We could easily go the other way, but the one thing I would say, and people know this, I like Fulham as much in the fourth division as I do in the Champions or Europa League, Premier League. It makes no difference to me where we play. Yeah. 
don't necessarily like us on the telly that much with no fans. Got to put that out there. No, it's, that, that, is, that is odd. Um, so, so in two years' time, Fulham are going to be in the Vauxhall Conference. <laughs> West Ham are going to be in like the elite and be, they'll be like Champions League Super Club. Wow. Where will Kensington Scott and digital marketing be? I think as many negatives as there's been about the lockdown things, there's been positive. So for example, not so much in our industry, but I think that, that you see offices in London. I think it's proven people can work from home. It is possible. Um, I don't think it's ever going to replace building that rapport, having that, seeing someone's reaction, seeing someone's hand movements and things. Um, I don't think it's ever going to replace that, but there are a lot of elements of a job and a role that can be done from home. Um, I also think that with that, I'm trying to do this in the reverse from the, I guess our client's perspective, outside of our, our, our roles and our, our people who work for us, it means that they've got more time or they are at home. So it means they're in front of a computer if they're working or they're on their phone. So therefore, where are they going to be delivering their, their content? If they're, if they're at work, they're probably working. But at home, I think you can be more efficient, but you also give yourself your little time to, to go on the internet and things. So for a company like us, how do we get in front of them? We've got to be somewhere digital. So I think a lot of companies are going to, I don't know, I think what saying waking up is a bit condescending, but people have got to realise that digital is here. You've got to you've got to adapt. You've got to get in front of them earlier and give them more content. They don't just want to see a picture of a kitchen. So 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 in, so in, so in 12, 24, 36 months time, you know, you're going to have to have as a KVV business owner a strategy which is going to hit people at the right places. I personally think that in the next two years, this, and this is so, so you're, like, you're talking about multi-channel different marketing. I right? think even outside KVV, I think businesses will streamline. I think the ones that don't take it on, and this is I guess fairly cynical, won't be here. I think the ones that embrace it will thrive, um, and it will be the ones that put out the content that are that are working around sort of the, the challenges that are there will we'll be thriving when it picks back up it will be hard but I think that there will be the people that are doing it right will be there and I think there will be companies unfortunately that will go if you don't embrace the, the change that, need, that needs to happen um, I've, got, I've got to say Joe that, that was like a seamless link there right <laughs> that was that was a seamless link about creating content because we're now going to talk about cooking with Kensington Scott I want to understand where this idea come from, where you found the cooks, where you found the chefs, and who's coming on next. Because you know, I, I, I saw it, and I, I saw you doing a video talking about it, and I thought, wow, I spoke to Jane for a while, then I saw the thing come up, and I just smiled, and I thought, nailed it. You know, absolutely nailed it. Because, you. you know, it, it had all the basics of what we watch. You know, I watch Sunday Brunch, I watch not as much as my boys and my wife, but I watch MasterChef. You can't yeah. not be drawn into it. No. You know, you, you watch them all the time. I mean, I, I, weirdly, I'm a big fan of Rick Stein. I don't know why, but I just am. You know, I just like it when he goes places and drinks wine and, and, and cooks. Yeah. So, so we're all, it's all part of our life. So, so you've brought that into your showroom. Mm -hmm. It's happening. Tell us all about that. It's a few things combined, and then when you sort of, I say it out loud, I guess it appears obvious. So, as I mentioned, all of our appliances are live. Um, again, another thing that BSH always have supported in previous to digital is the live cooking events, as they do a lot of their master partners. We like getting people, they're always successful. We have sort of 40, 50, 60 people over a day with a NIF home economist cooking, and that could be old clients, new clients. So, and it happened where I, even as a young 
child I was just always told if I was told I couldn't do something then I would try my best to do it and I made a passing comment to dad I was catching up on the phone about a few emails he said obviously we're not going to be able to do the cooking events this year so straight away I'm thinking well how can we I then watched um, an episode of MasterChef which came out um, which uh, one of my friends Natasha was on it um, so then I'm thinking Oh, hello. Yeah. I, 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 it's all coming together. And then I'm thinking about the content. So I'd had a meeting with our marketing guys. And I've always had it in my head where I wanted to transcend beyond just the industry I was going to be in. At this point, I wasn't even in the kitchen industry. If you look at anyone that's done it, Joe Wicks is such a good example. He was a personal trainer. Then he had the cookery books. And then lockdown obviously has helped him. But everyone... He didn't do bad in lockdown. He hasn't done too bad. So, but but I tell you what, though, you, know, you talk about that. That leading fifteen work, mate. I mean, you know, because I I bought that book when I was when I was training and um, I was training for a marathon and my God, you know, I learned how to cook quickly. I ate more healthy. You know, it really but, it was like was an you, idiot's guide. Was you previously massively into in, into no. personal training or massively into your cooking? But he's now appealing to you. Yeah, and I think that anyone who who does it and I, I'm into my boxing. Anthony Josh was a brilliant example where boxing. You have your hardcore boxing fans and then suddenly you go to the boxing when Anthony Joshua's fighting and your mum and your auntie are suddenly interested in boxing. And these people have, have branched out away. So I was thinking, what content can we do where somebody isn't necessarily looking to spend thirty, forty thousand pounds on a kitchen or they're not they don't even want a kitchen, but we want to punch out good content where they know who we are. So again, it's a bit of giving back because this is something where if you look at the stats behind how many people wanted to cook from home when they're in lockdown, how many um sort of banana bread cakes were made and, and everything else, they went through the roof. So I thought, well, we can do that. And then it started with, oh, I'll get Natasha on. And then I thought, well, actually, let's have real people, real cooking. This isn't an advert for anything. I'm going to get different people and just sort of test the waters. Then I was thinking, well, we can help other businesses here. And you'll see as cooking Kensin with Kensington Scott develops is yeah. that there are going to be people from local restaurants and local pubs because that gets their name out there. How, are they struggling? How, how would they cope? So, see, I personally think that element takes it to a whole new level because you're becoming like a, a go-to hub of the community. You're, you're inviting the, the people in locally to take part. And yeah, you know, it, it may start with, with your friend being a master chef. It may start as an idea and something there. But what it has done, it has without a doubt created some energy and, yeah. and some, some positivity. You're passionate about it. You know, other people are going to be wanting to be part of it. Your suppliers are going to want to be involved in it. I want to be involved in it. Don't know how, but you know, somehow we get involved in it, Callum. I can't cook, but you know, I can compare. But if, it, if everyone, if everyone has. Again, this is just one example, but if everyone has this fresh idea, kitchen independence, it brings people to the industry. Yeah. If someone goes to one of our competitors down the road, they're probably going to come to us as well. I never mind competition, and I yeah. think everyone should have that attitude. I know sometimes you go to it and people get a bit salty, a bit bitter about competitors. If everyone raises their game, yeah. that's just good for everybody. It's good for your clients, it's good for you because you've improved, and it's just being a bit different, but yeah. also giving a bit back because you, if it, for example, was someone who owned a local restaurant, they're getting in front of them that they can don't want to use the word plug because but, but they're getting some exposure obviously we're getting some exposure from it we're giving some content that and whoever comes on it we do give the content to them so our marketing guys are, are backing it because they yeah. think what a great idea what i would say is again going back to it we didn't just sit there and film it on an old old camera we thought well you've invested in this not probably as much as what people think invested time but yeah. we've we've 
we've thought about it. You told me you were giving them a right hard time on there, mate. You, you, the you, editing? You, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, I have. My marketing yeah. guys, um, I probably should shout out MCM on marketing guys. Yeah. They are brilliant, but um, and Callum will know the pains of editing because... Yeah. The ten he has to deal with me while he's the, the ten minute clip that we have That's to get. That's why working from home. He could do it. He could just. Tell you. He doesn't have to be. Honestly, he doesn't have to be hovering over him. Go. What was that? What's happening there? Edit, editing is, is, the, is the unsung hero role. It takes so long to do. Do, do, do you know the thing, the thing with it? So, so where, where are you now? How many, how many series, episodes have there been? Is the second one's about to go out? Second it? one, I don't know what time it is now, but 12.30 on Friday, then what will be the 7th, yeah. um, is going to be our second episode. That is Natasha. Yeah. Um, again. And how far did she get in Masterchef? She got to the semi-finals. Which year? Uh, in lockdown, the one that came out in lockdown. Yeah, okay. So she recorded that, I believe, in October time. Um but yeah, it came out in lockdown. Okay, so so I'll need some signed photos from my sons because, like, weirdly, like, I mean, there's there could be football on, right? And they're like they're like Sky Plus in MasterChef, and they they now watch Celebrity MasterChef. I don't know what's happened to them. Yeah, uh, it's 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 changed everybody, but it's um, I think it's just the realness of it, and yeah. I've never wanted it to be not overly professional, but I wanted it to look good. But and when people are nervous on that, I'm just like, just shoot it how, yeah. how you would if you were cooking at home. Because I want it to be real. If they make a mistake on, if, if they're using touchscreen hob and they can't get it on, I want that in there. I want people to see if I bought, for example, yeah. these appliances, how how what are the advantages? What I want it to be quite real, and that that's one of the reasons I like doing what we're doing. So, um, so let's let's play our fast forward game. Yeah. How big could Cookie Weekends it and Scott be? Could it be on one of the Sky channels? Could we hit Brickbox? <laughs> I mean, you know. I, I don't I don't know at this stage. I mean, it's never been a plan. It's not like an ego-driven no. thing where I want to be sort of competing with MasterChef. But the but, idea but you're, is... But you're in a lovely part of the world here, right? So, you know, you've got nice restaurants. You've got... Yeah. The, you know, you, you are surrounded there. So, you know, what, what an amazing thing to be able to say to, to people that are passionate about their cooking or their products and what they do mm-hmm. to say, OK, well, look... You know, come into our showroom, be part of Cooking with Kenzie and Scott, and tell my audience, tell my listeners. It's, I mean, I, I think, I think, I think you've, you've done something which is, and I don't. This sounds quite condescending, but it is, it's, it's beautifully simple. Yeah, it's 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 meant to be. I, I'm always at the idea, and I remember when I first sort of came into. I've always, I've been lucky in the sense that I haven't set up the business. My dad obviously had the business, but what I have done is bought it to, to help bring it to the next level, but. I've always thought business is simple. You've just got to sell more than what you spend. And that is literally business. And that I sort of apply it to everything, even when I'm saying to people or I'm talking about a kitchen. And even with this concept, all I'm trying to do is film people cooking. Um, and, and if they make mistakes, they make mistakes. It's not going to be cut out. I'm, I'm not going for that. I want people to see the pros, the cons of cooking in a what kitchen. What did Natasha cook? Natasha cooks a... Uh, rump steak with the thing is with Natasha it, it wasn't just a case of cooking the rump steak she, she done like a pistachio relish she done so it ended up being about 4 or 5 hours of editing <laughs> so the 10 20 minute, uh, 10 15 minutes we wanted it down to is now about 24 and the guys have edited it and edited it um, she was actually meant to do a lemon dessert but I won't say too much because we didn't get time to do it so she's coming back for okay. a, another so, so, so we're getting, we're getting Master Chef Natasha part so I, mean, I, I actually I mean it's it's kind of what what inspired me to get in touch with you because I mean I, I just I just think that, that you know oh, God, I've got to be careful no I'm not going to be careful I'm just going to say it that, that my LinkedIn and my social media feed is is full of so much forgettable content it's boring at times yeah. and then I see something that 
that captivates me or it pulls me in. And it's not always what people would think it would be. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. And, and I think you've, you've got something really special there. Oh, oh, thank, thank you very much. My, I guess my goal with it is I want people to watch that and be able to try it at home. And that's pretty much what I wanted. No matter how good the chef is, I, I, and I tell them this before, I said, if it's something where they cannot do it at home, think of someone else. Yeah. Because that, that's ultimately what I want to I want people to get excited about cooking yeah. because as everything that a kitchen is, it is still about cooking. Um, yeah. And that's where... And, and that, that's enough. There are so many people, like, you know, people with their own businesses, showrooms, designers, that are... Like, that they're, they're, yes, they're, they're, they're passionate about design, but, but a lot of the reason they're doing what they're doing is they love cooking. They're passionate about food and creating it. And, and, that, and I do believe that where I've been to the showrooms where the business owners or the show managers are passionate about cooking, the showrooms have a different feel about them. There mm -hmm. is something kind of real, real magical. You know, it's, it's not like a sad, you don't feel you're there to be sold. You, you're there to kind of get, get immersed into how this could be for you. And if cooking with Kendrick and Scott is going to give you that opportunity, I wish you every success, Jamie. Let's take a minute to thank those that make it possible for us to host this fantastic podcast and to continue offering groundbreaking support for anyone facing difficulties in the current job market. MHK Holding UK Limited. Thanks to the sponsorship we've received from MHK, we can continue to offer support to those that need it completely free of charge. This support includes CV and social media makeovers, personal branding and social media content webinars, employer-led workshops to discuss live vacancies in your area, and our ongoing support with consultants via telephone, email and social media too. To find out more, get in touch at letstalk@foynjones.com and one of our team will get back to you. Enjoy the rest of the show, stay safe, keep healthy, and be positive. Jamie, welcome to the Foy Jones Penalty Shootout. I'm gonna be asking you five quick fire questions, all right, about your football team, all right? There's no right or wrong answer, but we're just gonna bang them out and we're gonna get them done. So, Jamie from Kensington Scott, why do you support West Ham United? I've been asking that for 27 years. Um, I support West Ham United because my dad's side of the family were born just a stone's throw away from, from well, the old stadium. Um, I did actually, admittedly, this is sort of an admission, I actually went to Crystal Palace for a few games before I went to West Ham. My uncle took me. Um, my dad was having none of it, bought me a West Ham season ticket. So ever from the age of about seven or eight. Where did you sit at the bowling? At the bowling, uh, we sat in the centenary stand. Um Never actually got to sit in the chicken run. Yeah. I've only been the away end, to be fair. Yeah, that. no, no, so we were on top, we yeah. were on top of the away fans, yeah. so yeah, so yeah. we were... Oh, so it was you that threw that, was it? Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. I've only joked. Okay, so, so you're a West Ham fan because your dad said so. Yeah. Um, in your lifetime, mm -hmm. who's been your favourite player? I'm gonna, every West Ham fan's gonna hate me. Dimitri Payet. We've he, got Payet. Should we hit, sing the song? Dimitri oh, Payet. He's just absolute... I just don't feel I understand. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen a, a player make the game look so easy in a West Ham shirt. Even Carlos Taylor. I don't think there's any argument. We were celebrating like a goal when a free kick came out. And I don't think... Uh, okay, so, question one. You're a West Ham fan because your dad said so. Favourite player is we've got Poyet. Best goal? 
best goal. I'm trying to think of quality over what it actually meant, but I'm probably going to go with... It was the next game after Dimitri Payet left. We were playing at home to Crystal Palace, London derby, um, and Mikel Antonio popped the ball up to Andy Carroll and scored a bicycle kick that I've never seen before and tore the back of the net off. Um, I cheekily sneaked a pint up from half-time because I thought mm. I could drink a second and couldn't anyway. The, the Antonio my... song's not as creative as the Poyet song, is it? No, but if uh, R9 Antonio keeps scoring, he can do what he likes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. OK, so, on the subject of football songs, you know, we all know West Ham blow bubbles, pretty yep. bubbles in the air, and, you know, they have a, a reputation for being one of the more vocal clubs and one of the more creative clubs in terms of their uh, songs. So, without bringing any Millwall fans and anything like that into, into the podcast... Um, what would be your favourite chant from the terraces uh, that was the bowling and now is whatever they call the athletic stadium? I'm trying to think of one I can say on the podcast. Well, um, we can work around it. Just give, 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 us, a, no, give us an example. Um, I'm trying. Okay, this was almost a, a one-off. So we were playing again. I used to sit above the away fans, and um, it was back when Little Britain was pretty big, and there was some larger uh, Everton fan. Um, and they started chanting, uh, Vicky Pollard, give us a wave. And she didn't necessarily give us a wave, but... but uh, she, she reacted. She already reacted, reacted then, anyway. Well, that's um, the worst thing she could have done. Because <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's what, what you kinda, you're kind of desperate for, aren't but, you? you know? but we'll go with that. But Dimitri Pyatt chant as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, the, 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 the reality is that, you know, most people will know Bubbles. Most people will have heard that Pyatt, the Dimitri Pyatt song. So, okay. Let's summarise the penalty shootout, Callum, because you're, you're, you're telling me whether he scored these or not. Yeah, for number one, he's a West Ham fan because his dad said so, and I think that's a very valid reason myself. It's why my children were both dipped in Fulham and they've got no choice but to live through the pain. Um, his favourite player is, is Dimitri Payet. The best goal was Antonio. Andy um, Carroll. Uh, Andy Carroll from Antonio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Andy, Ca- Andy Carroll from Antonio. The Andy Carroll scissor kick. Um, he nicks a few goals, Antonio, though, doesn't he? He's busy. Yeah, oh, he's, he's like a poor man's dominant Chora. Yeah, he's, he's a beast, doesn't he? He's a beast. Link with Fulham a few times. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, favourite song was the. Uh, was if you're an Everton fan, uh, Vicky Pollard. Yeah. yeah, Vicky Pollard of Everton was the favourite song. Um, just bringing it real, what, what would a good season look for Question five, what does a good season next year look like for West Ham United? I think with West Ham, I think I pretty much speak for every West Ham fan is, and probably similar to Fulham, on similar level, they just want them to go out there and work hard. Um, I, I think people are quite... Weird. Not, but I got told you're West Ham United, you play on the floor. Yeah, I, I mean, that didn't happen in my lifetime. I don't know what this West Ham <laughs> way is, but um, except when people claim we won the World Cup in 66, but just work I think that's what people want to see. But George Cohen was in that team, played for Fulham. Just Do you support Fulham? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but no, just a solid season, work hard, and I think um, I think we'll get that with, with Moyes. I think um, I think we'll get that. Okay, so 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 you've definitely not scored that one because you've not answered it. So 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 a good season looks like just trying on the pitch. If you tried every game, gave hundred and ten percent, and got thirty one points and went relegated, that's not very good for West Ham, is it? Surely, they, surely they would be looking top half of the table. I don't want to get too cynical. You're a real right. West Ham fan. He, he reminds me of me with Fulham. I mean, if someone said to me, what's my hope for next I'm season? I'm trying not to buy it. Someone about said the... to me, what, what would you like to achieve next season right now? I'd shake your hand at fourth bottom. 
I'd say that that'll do. There's yeah. Gonna, maybe a little cut run. Maybe beating Chelsea once in my life. So I've I seen, I've seen us beat us once. We beat them once at the cottage in my lifetime. I'd love to win at Stamford Bridge just once. On, on that note, I'll tell you what a dream season will be. The board go, and Declan Rice signs a five-year deal. You like Declan Rice, do you? Oh, he's different. He's different, crazy. Yeah. He, he, he does move around the pitch like a Rolls Royce. He, there is something quite special about him, and, and he's old man material, isn't it? You know, he's. I he's, think that's going to be the way they can do it. I think Nobes would um, would give it to him, and I hope he does. Um, but I think that's the only. Noble will turn Fulham down three times, mate. Yeah. He'll turn everyone down. He's claro and blue. Although <laughs> he did go on loan to Hull, I think, at one point. Yeah, I know, I know. All right, okay, so. Great penalty shootout. What I like there about, about a West Ham fan who keeps it real is actually you don't get that excited. You're quite, you're quite realistic and optimistic. Look, it goes wrong more than it goes right, but, but there's something special about your team and you can't change your team and your dad made sure you stay claret and blue. Thank you for joining me on the penalty shootout. Jamie, honestly, we've, we've been going for a couple of hours. It's been an absolute pleasure to spend time with you. Your passion for kind of embracing modern technology and, and using the science of digital in a, in a human way and bringing the cooking with Kenzie and Scott into it and how, you know, I really liked your openness about how nervous you were talking to the first customer on the other side of the screen and, you know, you couldn't kind of open the drawer and show them the hinges and that. You, you shared that with us there. Um, we've had a bit of fun with football and yes, I've mentioned Fulham far too many times, but I don't care. It's my podcast. I can do what I want. This is your chance, mate. I said it to you earlier. I want you to go back in time. You're on the you're on the pitch at West Ham. You you're not looking to there. You're looking to the chicken run where the boys are. You know, it's your closing message. What would you like to say to our listeners on iTunes, our listeners on Spotify, our connections on LinkedIn, our friends of Foy Jones, friends of Kensington Scott? What's your closing message? I would just say that. Things are always going to happen in whatever industry you're in, whether it's COVID, Brexit, or something else, or redundancy, or whatever it is. Just try and stay positive, try and work hard, and just think of ways to to overcome. Because if you're in if you're in a pool of 100 people, 200 people, be the ones that stand out. Think of how you can be different. And what I would probably say, we spoke about a lot about digital. That doesn't mean that you lose the personality. I think that's something important. Always put across your message. What do you mean as a brand? And whatever that brand is, make sure that's clear. Because digital is a chance to get your personality out there without actually meeting somebody. Now, that's powerful advice to in the podcast because it's something that, that I embraced. And um, for someone who's never had a Facebook account, you know, I don't do bad on social media. No. But, it's, uh, but the, the reality is, if like I have today, we've spoke about my family, my football team, my business, interest away from work. You would get that from me in a boardroom. It's been with me all through my career and all through my working life. And I think if you if you put engaging content out there, you, you keep it real, you're humble, you share your emotion, you know, not every day is wonderful, not everything's magnificent. No. You know, we're not all superheroes. Actually, we get happy, we get sad, we get angry, we laugh, we cry, we have fun. Put that into what you do, and you'll be a better business, and you'll be a better, better person. Jamie, you have been a fantastic guest. 
I'm looking forward to cooking with Kensington Scott. I'm looking forward to West Ham United v Fulham Football Club in the Premier League, Callum Church. That's got a nice ring about it. We haven't we haven't spoke Bobby Moore. We spoke a bit about John Pantsell, Bobby Zamora, Paul Koncheski. We could go on and on. Um, thank you so much for joining me, Jamie. Have you enjoyed recording? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been it's been brilliant. I didn't was a bit nervous about the penalty shootout. Um, well, not, you score four out of five, but can't give you the fifth on VAR. So I'm gonna need. Go. I'm gonna need that fifth. I don't there like you it. Go. There you go. Five zero. All right, listen. It's been a fantastic episode. Thanks for joining me. We are Foy Jones. This is the fourth series of the Foy Jones Show. It's a new game. We've been cooking with Kensington Scott. Stay safe. Keep healthy. Be positive. We'll see you in the next episode. So there you go, that's the end of the podcast. We are Foy Jones, this is the fourth series of the Foy Jones Show. Stay safe, keep healthy, be positive, because it's a new game.